Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don. Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on all of the major platforms, and remember to leave us a five-star review or give us a like. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction, as always, and to our guy Mike Regina for the JT and Don music. We have a little bit of basketball tonight, a little bit of football tonight, a little bit of JT. So let me welcome in everybody's favorite, Jimmy Thompson. JT, how you feeling today? A little bit. You making it seem like like you kind of pushing me to the side. Like I'm only going to be on for like five minutes. You okay? Something me, I don't know about. Me and the fans are hoping, but uh, I have a feeling wow. that you you can, never can just you imagine how boring this show would be if they just had to listen to you for an hour. Like I mean, I'd be great, great things for me. I'd rather do. Like seriously, like I I rather just sit in the room and just not Yo, do nothing. Quick just question. It'll foreshadow. It'll kind of it'll foreshadow the show a little bit. Would you rather listen to me alone for an hour all by myself or watch the NBA All-Star game again? Uh, is tearing an ACL an option? Wow. You go option three, tearing an ACL. You better watch your Achilles, bro. Hey, man. See, see you know what? Don't put that bad luck on me, man. You know, I got you did it to Achilles yourself. Issues. You did it to yourself. I, I specifically didn't say the the thing that gives me issues. I'm talking about ACL. I'll be fine. You're like, oh yeah, that Achilles. You ain't right. But you already talked. You already brought up the All Star game, so we might as well just start there. <laughs> but uh, I want to start with the dunk contest. So everybody's G League hero, Mac McClug. You know he showed out, did a good job. But I think some some of this might be going a little too far. They're calling him like the savior of the dunk contest. Is this true? Are we talking of just this year's dunk contest or in general? They're making it seem like he just like he saved it forever. Like it was dying and he just renovated it and he he's got like going forward. Man, no. Long term, no. Short term, yes. Do you know per the NBA communications, JT, there's been 520 million views in the first 12 hours that um his dunks were were put out there um i mean those are jt and the don type numbers there those are the most views ever for those are the most views ever for an all-star saturday night 520 million views but if we're looking at long term no way i mean you need the stars he did a great job his dunks were phenomenal not taking anything away from his dunks but at the end of the day people are going to come to the television they're going to be talking about it long term when they're stars for example, you know, it starts back to, I don't know how long ago, but Dr. J, Dominique, MJ, Kobe, Vince, when those guys were in it, it was hyped up and it lived up to the hype and people couldn't wait to get there to see Saturday night or Saturday afternoon when it was before. And the All-Star game was secondary, JT, when those guys were in the slam dunk contest. It'll never get to that level until the stars return and I mean, it's been the first good one, meaning this one, only because of his dunks since 2016. JT, do you know who was in the 2016 battle? 
Was it Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine? Good job. But I would bet you most people don't know that. But if you tell them, hey, you know, the all-star game in the 80s in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Dominique versus MJ. MJ goes from the free throw line. No one beside you would know Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon showdown in 2016. But think yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. O- only I would know that, right? I appreciate you trying to give me credit yeah, for the sake of your, of your shitty argument. You, but come on, man. I try to give you credit, and you still. No, you did. That's that's, that's a that's a backhand throw under the bus. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not falling for it. You don't even know a compliment when it hits you. Yeah, Listen, especially because you don't know how to is, give them. That's the this, that's the problem. This is this is the first one in seven years, and I'm sorry, he did a great job, but he's not saving it. Like, come next year, if we've got three or four guys, half of them from the G League, people are going to be like, I don't want to watch this again. They're going to forget. We forget so easily about things. Our, we have short-term memory, JT. That's just your old ass. You know what's crazy? You can never be nice to me on a show. I give you a compliment. You nah, give me a diss. But if you, you claim really, to be if you so really nice. wanted to give me a compliment, the first thing you would have said was, you know what, JT? The NBA is listening to our show. You were right last year, and they took your advice, and that's how they did the dunk contest this year. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't I say last year? Because we ask this every year, like, how do we fix the dunk contest? I was like, go get the G League guys and show up these NBA guys. And that's exactly what the NBA did. But no, no, funny. you didn't say G League. You said, like, you said go to, like, playgrounds and, and get those guys. The G League like the guys N1, win. They get an NBA N1 contract on a team of their choice. Go pull the tape. You know you know that's what I said. That's why I'm saying I can't take your compliments serious because you're never going to give me any real credit. You're just going to, like, use it for, like, background of your little argument. But I agree with you, man. He didn't save the dunk contest. That's ridiculous. And it, the reason he didn't save it because it can't be saved for reasons that I said before. Dunk contest is antiquated. We've seen all the dunks, and this just proved it. Like, nothing, none of these dunks were spectacular. As a matter of fact, it was so funny. Before the dunk contest, I saw a highlight of Matt McClung missing that same dunk that won in the dunk dunk contest in a game in the G League. So, like, it's not he's done this before. So, it's not even the degree of difficulty is not even that high. But I will say this if this dunk contest showed me one thing, is that, and it's kind of unfair. I just think people are tired of seeing tall people dunk. It's just unimpressive. Like, if we're talking about, you know, degree of difficulty and, like, the impressiveness of the actual dunk, like, Trey Murphy was really impressive. Now, was he much taller than Mac McClung? Yeah. So we're not giving him as much credit. Same thing with Jericho Sims. We'll talk about him in a minute. But I don't know if people were watching, but he was up there. Like, that was some impressive stuff that he was doing from, like, a physical, like, standpoint. But all we could talk about is a little six-foot guy just dunking and not missing him. So uh, it's not that he saved it. Maybe the NBA just needs to go with the short guys just dunking, and that you know will get people hyped up because they didn't give a damn about what the other guys were doing because they were tall. But well, I think I think it depends on. Listen, Vince Carter, Michael Jordan are not small by any stretch of the imagination. But that was before, though. It depends, that was before it depends we, on how you. When we didn't have access. When we didn't have access to to dunks twenty four seven. Like think about it. Back in Michael Jordan and Vince Carter's day, like, until a dunk contest or unless you saw them on TV or in a game, like, where else would you see them dunk? It's not like I could just go on YouTube or go on my phone and see it. So it was it was much more of a spectacle. Now I can see these dunks on my phone every day. But that's my whole point. You've got to come up with something special. So even if you're tall, if you could listen, if if Murphy, if Trey had decided to go from the free throw line. All right. That's already been done. 
no, no, you no, know, no. You know what they would have done? If Trey Murphy would have dunked from the free throw line, they would have been like, oh, well, he's 6'9". No, he he needed to that. mark. What he should have done was mark where MJ left, and I'm going to I'm gonna step from behind it and do it better than MJ. Don't he nobody, wins. Don't he nobody wins. care about that but your old ass. I'm telling you, man. Like That's, All the dunks that, have been done. People don't You do care. anything better than MJ, you win. Automatic guaranteed. I ain't gonna lie. Matt McClellan did, did set the tone though, jumping over two people as the first dunk and doing it on the first try. That was cold. And he wasn't <laughs> using them to catapult himself either. He cleared them. Yeah, that was he cold. He cleared man. them. <laughs> so let's go to the opposite end of this dunk contest. Everybody loved Matt McClung, but everybody hated Jericho Sims. <laughs> it was it was kind of hard to watch. So he did the dunk. He did the same dunk twice, and then on the second dunk. He had an envelope in the net and pulled it out and had a perfect 50. I, I felt like everybody was just like, go home after this. I don't even think – I think he left the building after that. He was that the most – I, I mean, dunk was nice. I just – you got to do something better. But was that the cringiest moment in dunk contest history? Or like NBA All-Star history? No, not even close. What I, I heard about this on social media that is so cringeworthy. And, of course, you just jump on that just like you normally do. No, it wasn't even close, JT. I'll give you two examples. Go look up, especially the young the young listeners that, that you know, need sometimes need to go back into sports history. Go look at 2001, Baron Davis. He put a blindfold on. JT, he put holes in the blindfold. And the holes did not match up. So then he really couldn't see. And David Wesley, I believe his teammate at the time of the Hornets, is hand-holding him around the court, trying to get him in place to, for the dunk. And then he totally whiffs. Embarrassing. And then the one that probably takes the cake, go back 2005. I know you remember this, JT. Chris Birdman Anderson. At the time, there was no time limit. Because of him, they implemented a time limit. All right. It took him three minutes for one dunk because he could not get it done. I think they counted. He had like over 15 attempts. JT, it was so cringeworthy. You felt bad for the guy. You, you wanted to look away, but you, you wanted to know how it finished. So it this by no stretch is Jericho Sims anywhere near the most cringeworthy. Jason Curtis says, replace it with two-on-two contests like NBA Jam. What I don't know why. Jason, I think they should replace like the All-Star game with the NBA with the NBA Jam type setup. Because it's hard to fake playing in two-on-two or three-on-three. That's right. I agree it, with that. It, and, and those guys could probably put on quite a show two-on-two. Not bad. You know what's crazy, though? I was watching this, and I was like, the dunk, the dunk was impressive. Like, he was way up there. But I'm like, they didn't even like your first dunk. So you did it again and then told them to give you a 50. I thought that was pretty cringy. If Jericho Sims wanted to win the dunk contest, he should have done that same dunk. And instead of the 50 in the envelope, he should have had an arrest warrant for Carl Malone. Like that would have that would have shut everything down. That would have won the dunk contest for him because they would have had no choice. But instead, instead of that, he was just Ooh. he was just arrogant and he asked for a 50. And funny enough, Carl Malone was not entertaining. He was like, get him out of here. You gotta so, like his confidence, though. Come on, give the guy a break. No, he got it's not the most to... cringe. Not the most cringeworthy. You gotta be able to read the room. It was like I feel like if you were watching that, you could just feel in the arena of Utah, all places. Like this was cringy. I, I think what, it was. What made it cringy? Because he pulled out a fifty. Guys have done no, because more because embarrassing. They things. weren't impressed by the first dunk, and then he just did it again, and then asked him to give him a fifty. It was it was cringy. I didn't I didn't think the dunk was that bad, 
but it just was cringy in the moment. Well, go YouTube Baron Davis 2001 and Chris Anderson 2005. Oh, great movie. That's a great movie. What Man Can't Jump. Great movie. We, we've done a show on greatest basketball movies of all time, right? I think we both had White Man Can't Jump in our top five, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Not that new shit that's coming out, though. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> You're going to watch it, though. You know no, we're going to watch it. No, I'm not. Are, are, are you done with the Jericho I'm done. Series? I said it was uh, cringy. Go. <laughs> all right. So both Kyrie, Kevin Durant traded during the NBA trade deadline week. So. We're starting to get little bits of information, JT, on how things played out in the saga in Brooklyn. So first, Kevin Durant now claims he didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation. So in general, JT, just your thoughts on the whole KD um, statement. This is really interesting, man, because if you're Kevin Durant, you have to be self-aware to know that once you chose to leave Golden State, like everywhere you go, they're going to look at you as the alpha and the leader of the team just because you're Kevin Durant. And it doesn't matter who else is on that team. And you see it play out. He went to a team with Kyrie Irving on it. And Kyrie Irving is still a top 10 player. But all everyone can talk about is this KD's team. Even now in Phoenix, like he's playing with Booker and future Hall of Famer Chris Paul. And all people can talk about is this KD's team. So, one, how could he not know what was going on with Kyrie? Like, I don't get it. Y'all just don't talk. Like, y'all supposed to be best friends. So, I just feel like, if anything, it just showed me that KD is not the alpha that I thought he could be. And it kind of reshapes my opinion of him when he was in OKC. Like, I kind of I, 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 I like and I give a little bit more respect to Russell Westbrook now because I feel like Westbrook would have had an answer if he was in Brooklyn. Like, hey, Kyrie, like, what are you doing? All right, you're not doing it. I'm going to take over. And I just feel like KD was always – you know, trying to be not like Batman, but just trying to be like a 1A and 1B situation. So I just I find it really funny how that's supposed to be your boy. And, you know, you just never knew what was going on with him the whole time in Brooklyn. So I, I don't know if I'm totally buying that. And I just think Kyrie showed he was the alpha. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to believe him if he says it right. We don't have any proof otherwise. But I do agree with you in terms of not necessarily being the alpha, but JT, we knew that already. He leaves OK City. And listen, I'm not blaming him for it. He got two rings out of it. He changes his legacy, good or bad, depending on what side you are on. But we knew this already that he wasn't the alpha. I mean, he wasn't the Kobe Bryant. Type I mean, we, we we knew he wasn't the alpha. This but, just confirms but, it. But we kind of sent him out. Into, we kind of sent him out into the world, like, all right, we, we don't think you this dude, but you know, we're gonna give you a chance to prove yourself. Okay, we, so this we're just gonna give you a chance it. to prove yourself in a in a favorable environment where you know you don't have to worry about going through the Warriors. You're in the East, and he still couldn't do it. So I, I was let down. I thought he could show me a little bit of fake guy toughness as far as being a leader, but he couldn't even do that in Brooklyn. No, I think this confirms it. Leaves OK City to go to Golden State when they were one game away from beating Golden State and probably changing the history of the NBA in a sense, or at least the past decade. And because who knows, maybe Cleveland never gets a title. Maybe Golden State never gets another title. LeBron doesn't win in Cleveland. But then he goes to Brooklyn, sets up his team, and it falls apart. Like we knew this even before that he was leaving. And I agree with you. Like, how don't you know? Don't you aren't you guys supposed to be tight? Like you don't talk. I mean, if you are leaving or you didn't like your situation, we were on the same team at L.A. Fitness, JT. I would hope you would tell me 
during one of our games where we're on the sideline. Like, uh, I, I'm not feeling these runs at LA Fitness today. So, I mean, I can't truly believe him. And then the other part is like, who cares either way? Who cares that he left? Man up, take the team, put it on your back. And then also, who cares? Why are we still talking about this? Like, why are we so you're in Phoenix now? He's in Dallas. Let's just move on. Like, let's save our time of our lives from talking about these two guys in the time in Brooklyn. It was a disaster. That's Kevin Durant's favorite pastime to just move it on. So, Jerm, we appreciate you you watching. He says KD is the alpha in the sense he is the needle mover. No one knows what Kyrie is doing. LeBron couldn't do it. Why are you putting that on KD? Because he put it together. Like, LeBron got burned by it, and you fell for it too. So that is that is on you. I'm sorry. And also, too, he's the one that chose to leave the Warriors. And it's like, all right, I just turned 18, and now I want to get out of my mom's house, and I want to show her that I'm an adult, and I don't make it happen. Like, when I come back home, I'm going to hear about it. Like, you wasn't as ready as you thought you were. So. Yeah. So KD said players requesting trades are good for players. Thoughts? I agree with him. I think players requesting trades in the NBA has been one of the reasons why it's been gaining popularity over the years. You know, like there's always going to be drama in the storyline, like every trade deadline, every offseason. Like a guy could sign a big deal one year and the next year, like he could still be moved. Like no other sport that really happens. Like if you sign a five year, $250 million deal in most sports, you're going to be there for at least four or five of those years. So I think the player mobility inadvertently has made the NBA more interesting, I think, across the globe. You know, people are always like, all right, cool. Like, what player is going to demand a trade? What player is going to be, you know, arguing and unhappy? Like, all right, cool. They want to trade. Where are they going to go? Like, my team has a chance to get this guy. So I think it's been good for the players to have power, but also good for the game. So, I mean, from the player's sense, of course, why would it ever not be good? So, of course, it is good. Um, the bigger question is for the league. And I still think for the league, it's it's great, or it's at least good. And think about it, JT. It's good for everybody wants... but the Magic. <laughs> well, hey, some of that's on the I, Magic. I, I feel like but... I feel like they never get in these trade demands. Like you end up in Orlando, you end you end up there because it's like, look, we couldn't take we couldn't find nobody to take your shitty contract. Right. And any of the good draft picks we trade out that we, exactly. that we select. But Listen, people want to always act like everything's so brand new and it's all these young guys and they're doing this and that. Like it was the sports was so much better back in the day. Listen, this has been going on since for however long you want to think of the NBA, the ABA, because let me tell you something. You've got Kobe. Did Kobe JT not ask to be traded without even stepping foot in Charlotte from being drafted by the Hornets? You've got Dwight Howard, speaking of the magic, he wanted out, all right? And I'm pretty sure if you go back, you look at Barkley when he was with the Sixers, I think he wanted out and he got his way. You look at Dennis Rodman, I think he took his shoes off for the Spurs because he wanted out. I mean, we act like this is brand new. It's not. This is what this does and why I think it makes the league good is that it forces teams, all right, to own up to their promises that they made the superstars in building a good team around them, putting a good staff 
and coaching staff around them. So it forces teams to have strong front offices yeah, to I be agree. able it, to build around the stars to keep them. It forces teams to act right, and it forces exactly. teams to view players as partners rather than acquisitions, which something the NFL can never do. Exactly. <laughs> Jason that- says, players demanding trades makes the fans root for the players rather than the teams. Is that a good thing, though? Like you want, well, he you explains want root- it, but he explains it that it, it it's good rather than becoming a regional sport like like baseball, where as you mentioned, it could be more global, right? You attach on the one guy, doesn't matter where he goes, and now all of a sudden, when LeBron goes back to Cleveland selling merchandise, when Kyrie goes to Dallas selling merchandise, so that's that's a good that's a good point by uh, Mr. Curtis. Thank you. Hmm. So so. Talk about Badgett, you just brought up LeBron. So we're just going to throw this in there. I don't know if you saw this today, but ESPN is already released their, their top prospects for the 2024 NBA draft. And guess who was a top 10 prospect? Bronny. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk about that. And also, they got him going to the Magic, which, I mean, hey, if Bronny came to Orlando, I'm going to the game. I don't even know if he can play, but just the hype alone would be crazy. But I'm coming down that. to visit. I'm going to stay. Nah, I didn't. That wasn't it. That wasn't an invitation. It wasn't an invite. I said, I'm going. Wow. <laughs> nah, get your own ticket, bro. Wow. You talk, you've talked about I'll get my own about, ticket. Can I, can I stay at the mansion? See, that's exactly why you can't come here. So, Bronny, Bronny being a, a, a top 10 prospect already in the 2024 draft, hasn't even gotten to college yet. Do you think he, you think he is a top 10 prospect right now? So, listen, from all the reports you start reading, he balled out at the Hoop Hall Classic in January. All right, so he excelled there. And they're saying that his defense is what is starting to separate him. His elite defense is starting to separate him from the rest of the pack of the 2024 draft class. And on top of that, they feel like right now, I think he's ranked like 33rd in that 2023 class or whatever it is. Um, but the difference they're saying is he's got another level to go to JT. He's got that level that other guys are starting to plateau and he's actually getting better and maybe not quite offensively, but you've seen it in the league. Look at Mo Bamba, guys like that, Jonathan Isaac, they're being drafted in the top five for their defense, hoping that their offense will develop once they get to an NBA team. doesn't always happen, but it's always that potential. And so I believe it. If you're going to tell me top 10 and all the reports I read, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Now, there's got to be a disclaimer in there that says if his name was not Bronny James and his dad not LeBron James, would he be this high? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it's not like he's not balling, right? He's getting better. His defense is elite, supposedly. And they think he has another gear and he still has a whole year. So these projections can change these projections, but right now, top 10, I'll buy it. I'll buy it, especially if he's coming to Orlando and LeBron comes too. I'm in. Well, well, first of all, let's not act like, well, he played at Sierra Canyon, which is an elite program, right? And we acting like Dwayne Wade's son wasn't trying to get on the same team and couldn't get PT. So it's not like, oh, they, they only let him play because he's LeBron's son. Like, no, he actually, he actually could play. And he had to earn his spot because he wasn't starting from day one. Like, he had to get better. So I'll give him credit for that. Like he's, despite the name, he's worked hard. And I agree with you. You know, they're saying, hey, he's probably the best perimeter defender in this class. 
like that's that's high praise because you need that in the NBA. You need to be able to, to defend on the perimeter, defend the pick and roll and stuff like that. And the offensive stuff he can work on, you know, he still might grow, you know, a little bit more. But I'm not really shocked about this because two things. One, you look at what a draft pick is. It's an investment. Like, what can this draft pick return to me if I take him? Well, the on-court stuff is obvious, but it's also the off-court stuff. You know, Bronny's going to sell jerseys. He's going to sell tickets. The elephant in the room is he might get his dad to come to the team, too, which is even more money. So if I'm if I'm any of those teams in the top 10 and I know the defense is there, which means that means the hard work is there. Yeah, I'm looking at Bronny James like I might take him in the top 10. And then the second part is you look at the guys that are getting drafted now, like NBA drafts are weak. Like how many times in the last five years you looked at the draft and like, all right, I don't even know this guy or I like him. And then he gets in the league and. He's going down for G League assignments or, or he's buried or you, on the bench. Or like, you need a top two pick. How many times did Orlando have the worst record end up with the top three, top four pick? And it didn't matter. It got them Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, you know, yeah. and, and Victor Oladipo. And again, Oladipo is a really good player, but he's not a KD. He is yeah, not one of these he's not, he's not generational. He's not a changer. Yeah, like, yeah, I, lo- exactly. I love Victor Oladipo. to me so i look at guys that have gone the top 10 not shocked now the real question is let's say this works itself out because the magic have been lucky lately y'all got the number one pick last year they're saying Bronny in 2024 he's projected to go to you guys let's say this does work out braun said well uh, two years ago he said hey if i get traded to the magic i'm not going i'm just gonna retire if Bronny goes there you think he's still keeping his word or he's gonna be on the first plane to orlando well, I think I think they play a power move and LeBron has them traded, but I don't understand. Oh, why come on, man. Don't do that to Orlando, man. They'd be I, so great for both of them. I know he would. No, no state income tax. I mean, come it's on. Orlando, but why man. did he say why did he say no Orlando? He he'd go to all the other teams, but not Orlando. That makes no I sense. Just, I just think Orlando is it's Orlando, and at the time he was just like, nah, man, like I, I don't want to go there. But I mean so I he'd be fine. Go. He'd be fine going to Minnesota and being in the cold or Detroit being in the cold and their rivals of Cleveland. Like, that makes no sense. This man he, played in Cleveland. I don't think he'd give a damn about the cold. <laughs> like, he's from Ohio. Like, he'll yeah, be but he don't there. want that anymore. He doesn't want that cold. Come on. I'm he's getting going. older. If, you know, it's it's hard on it's hard on the, the ligaments. Come on. Let's be real. If Ronnie went to the Magic, I think LeBron would be a fool not to come here because oh, I agree. There, I agree. there's no expectations on you at this point in your career. It's like, oh, you know, you're going to the Magic. You're playing with your son. But it's Orlando. Nobody expects them to do anything. They're just so gonna. Did. They're gonna like the atmosphere. It's an entertainment show. Oh, LeBron, his son. Listen, but I think the thing is, JT, with the no pressure, you bring up a good point. But they have a chance to be good. You've got Boncaro. You've got some young pieces in. Depending on what they get in the twenty three draft, even if they're not good next year, then they get that top 10, 24 pick, and they take Bronny. That's a pretty solid team. You bring on LeBron. LeBron would be what two years from now. I think he'd still be pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. I think LeBron at worst would be the third best player on that team if he yeah. went to Orlando. I mean, he still may be number one. He might be number one, but also too, like I think Orlando would be a good fit for Bronny. Like they need guards. Like their guards either can't stay healthy or they just can't do everything. And I think the defense is great. Like he could be, he could easily do what Jalen Suggs does. So I, I don't understand why why it would be a bad spot for them. So 
I like that. Hey. It's all it's all about future potential and in and, and up and you know upside. It's Orlando, man. It is Orlando. <laughs> like Disney World is here. It'd be a great career move for him. I'm I'm saying even for the magic, right? It's about upside, about that potential that that we've been talking about. So it doesn't hurt, especially if you got number 10. All right. So let's finish up basketball JT post NBA All-Star game predictions. We love doing this. This is a little bit too early for me because I know you're going to want to have another segment as we get right into the playoffs. So hey, you, all of these you, predictions you know aren't going to mean anything. This. You could just start writing the show yourself and, you know, coming up with ideas. But I know you won't do it. So I'm, I'm stuck in this role. All these predictions are going to mean nothing because all of your trash <laughs> runs, you're going to forget. You're going to well, have my, like half a good pick and you're going to always remind me. Well, of my it. preseason finals pick is already out. So I picked the Warriors versus the Nets and that shit's already blown up. So what did I have? Did I have Clippers Bucks? I know you. Yeah, I think you did. I had Clippers. I mean, there you go. Still might be legit. But let's start with this one. Which team makes a strong run to and into the playoffs? Mm, This was tough, man. Because there's so many teams that's like right on the bubble that can make a run. If I had to pick one that I feel like people aren't thinking about, I think it's the Wizards. And I think they, they are close enough where they can make the playoffs. And the shocking thing is the guy who I had the biggest question mark about has actually been healthy, and that's Porzingis. Like, he's looked good this year. And I think Bill, he's missed some time with injuries, but it's not anything serious to where, you know, like he can catch fire and be healthy for a stretch. And I think they got a good team around them. It's those two, Kuzma. They've gotten rid of some guys that I don't think are a good fit for their team. Like, they got your guy Gafford, who was getting more playing time, guys like Avdia on the bench. But I think the Wizards are a sneaky team that I think down the stretch, like some of the teams that we like, like the Hawks and stuff like that, I think they could kind of overtake those teams. And then next thing you know, like we're looking at a playoff team. Yeah, but when you talk about strong run in the playoffs, JT, like they're going to have to face the one or two seed. Washington is not beating Boston or Milwaukee right now. They're just not. They're not beating Philly at the three spot. Like they're just not. So when you're talking about making a strong run to and into the playoffs. Well, I like I, well, well, I took it as a team that nobody's thinking about, but I agree with what you're saying. That's how I took the question, but okay. you can answer it your way. You, you got to make it more clear, and I am going to answer it my way. Thanks for letting me know I can, even though I didn't really care. You see, but, why, I can't, you see but, why I can't do this show with you? Like, I'd rather be anywhere else than doing this right now. Then why are you here? Why are you here? I don't my understand. contract says I got to be on this thing with you. What contract? I want to know. I didn't, I didn't get a contract. So – I've got the Cavs. They're 38 and 23. They're only five games behind the top spot. And JT, they're going to face. So I looked at it as who can make a deep run into the playoffs outside of that one, two, three spot. And I think it's the Cavs. They've got, they're going to face the Nets or the New York Knicks for the most part. One of those two in the first round. That's cash. (laughs) That's cash money at this point, right? That's straight money. Like they should win that. And then they're going to face another team in that second round that, who knows what could happen? Injuries, if Giannis isn't okay, if Embiid's not okay. And now all of a sudden, the Cavs with that front court, that back court, they're kind of dangerous. And then when you look at the West, I think the team, maybe this fits more of the answer you were talking about. Don't sleep on the Pelicans just yet. Zion, he's buying his time to the playoffs. He's going to come back two, three weeks before the playoffs. They'll load manage him, get him back in shape. And he can maybe give you seven games of injury free, and that's enough for one or two series, JT. So I've got them. They would end up with a seven seed. I can see them beating the Grizzlies because 
You know, the thing that worries me about the Grizzlies, they don't have any veterans, JT. And when you look at New Orleans, you now have Brandon Ingram, who's been around, even though he's still young. You've got different guys on that team. You've got what I think Balachunas on that team still, right? Like yeah. you've got guys, you've got guys that have been there. They know what it takes to win in the playoffs. And they got a deep yeah. team too. Like because of those injuries to Ingram and Zion, yeah. a lot of guys Tra- have played this year. Like Trey, Alvarado, Trey, Trey Murphy, Marshy yeah. Marshall. Like a lot of guys yeah. have played this year. But yeah. the thing and is, they got they got it's Larry. Gotta be, it's got to be Zion. Like Zion they, takes them to a different level. Like you see what right. happens when he didn't play. Like they just exactly. lost every game. They, they fell apart. But that's why I think they're dangerous and they can make a run because I have a feeling. That hamstring should be better. It's weird saying it, but because it's Zion. But like in six yeah, weeks. I was about to say, when did Zion just bypass everything? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. He'll but, be fine. Like, that's literally the can, opposite of how we deal but, with him. But you need him just for one or two series is what I'm saying to get you a strong playoff run. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, run the whole table, but they can run half the table. The Grizzlies I can get with, I just feel like, nutshell, they just got a whole bunch of bad karma, man. I feel like a lot of people around the league hate them, like personally. And I feel when you're in a team that people hate and you ain't like far and above the best team talent wise, yeah. you're going to give everybody's best shot. And that's usually the teams that lose. Right. Well, the Pistons were like that. Remember in the mid to late 80s, but they had the talent. Yeah, the to talent. Yeah. yeah. yeah if, you, if you hate it and you got talent, don't matter. But like if you don't have the talent, that's what becomes the issue. They've got talent, but not as much as like not Phoenix like, and those other teams. They too, they too relied on John Moran. Like John yeah. Moran's a – uh, a streaky player like if he he could have one of those Kawhi Leonard type playoff runs or he could not like that's basically the margin they're living on in the playoffs yep so which team do you think will surprisingly miss the playoffs well shoot I don't know if it'll be a surprise but I just I'm just gonna go with a team I think is just gonna fall apart man <laughs> they kind of already are like they just fired their coach and I just feel like Something about this team just never seems right. Like, everybody's always unhappy, and they just seem like they legitimately hate each other. That's the Hawks, man. Like, I, I I never know what's going on with them. On paper, they look great. You want to talk about starters, depth? Like, they look great. Trey Young, DeJounte, John Collins, Capella. If I were telling you those guys are all healthy, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good team. And you throw in guys like Sadiq Bey, who you like, Bogdanovich, you love, uh, what's his name, um, DeAndre Hunter. Like they DeAndre got Hunter. they got they got a bunch of guys on this team that can play like this hella depth. But it's just something ain't right, man. And I feel like this is goes back to the Luca Trey Young thing. Like this is this is the thing that's gonna make them regret not taking Luca Doncic. It's like I'm not saying Trey Young is a franchise killer, but he's starting to give me those vibes. Like they are Is he been, giving you Kyler Murray vibes? Chill, man. Kyler <laughs> They lying on Kyler because he's short. Like, but I just wow. it's just Trey Young's attitude, man. Like, some something on that team is not right, and I see them. They're right on the cusp, and I see them falling apart down the stretch and not making the playoffs. I I disagree with that. I think this is going to help them. Remember, you said the same thing when they got rid of um, who was the coach before Pierce, right? When they got rid of him, you said the same thing, and I said, listen, you got to listen to the, your superstars. Trey wants him out; he's gone. In came McMillan, did the job. And where he at now? But but that's my whole point. Hey, sometimes you need fresh stuff every once in a while. And like sometimes you just gotta sit down, shut up, and let the coach tell you what's the right thing to do. Wow, like this guy, of all the people to say the kitchen, that. Man. Really. Anyway, I think you know who's gonna miss the playoffs, JT. Take this to Vegas, Golden State Warriors. They're already I, w- I wanted to say that, but I couldn't just because I picked them to make the final. They at least gotta make the playoffs. Listen, they're already in the play-in stuff, and 
I think this year they're going to go in with that bravado that, ah, we got it, we got it. And they're going to be taken by surprise. Don't forget the Pelicans, like I just said, they're going to get Zion back. They're young guys with some veterans. They're hungry. Golden State thinks now we can do this without KD. We can do it without whoever. Like, Steph ain't right yet, right? Steph Curry yeah. isn't right yet. There's a lot of question marks around that team. I just – I'm not feeling that vibe, even though it's still the Warriors at the end of the day. They're like Patrick Mahomes. You can never you can never count them out. But something's different here. I think they would if we're if we're talking surprise Mr. Playoffs, I'll go Golden State Warriors. Well, let's just keep it real. The, the right answer is the Warriors. And the only reason, like I said, I didn't pick them is because I just can't abandon my pick like that. It's because it's the Warriors. Like Steph could come back, get hot, and then you know this of whole thing could be a different. But different that's story. why it's a risky pick. That's but I but I, I agree pick. with you because the Warriors. Everything tells you that this is almost over, and they're in a weird position that you never see. One, Clay Thompson, that Clay Thompson ain't coming back, at least not in the full-time capacity. And Draymond, full-time Draymond's not coming back either. So basically, you're relying on Steph Curry to be like elite Steph Curry, and he just can't do that 24-7 at this age. You already see that's why he's hurt. So that is a reason why they're going to miss. And then also, too, I don't ever see teams where it's like they have like the old guys that are playing well, and then like you got these young guys, too. It's like there's not a balance to their team. The young guys haven't developed enough to where these injuries wouldn't be a bigger factor during the regular season. Like when Steph Curry, Clay, or Draymond missed time, like it's a big issue because guys like Kaminga, Wiseman when he was there, Moody, like these guys aren't stepping up. Like even Jordan Poole's taking a step back. I picked him as a six man of the year, and like he has not looked as good this year as the year before. It's like the Warriors replacement for their dynasty when it's over is not looking bright. And that's, I think what's keeping them out of the playoffs. Like the old guys have to do too much heavy lifting still. Yeah. They already moved wise, man. I mean, they don't believe in some of their young guys. So it, it's, it's a precarious position they're in, but if Steph come back, if Steph comes back healthy, he can obviously take this. They won't miss the playoffs. I'll they won't miss the that. playoffs. I guess I disagree with you a little bit. I still think at this age, he can do it full time. It's the injuries that may be the question mark. Not that he can't do it when he's like on the he, he can do it, you know, he just gets hurt. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Mm, this didn't sound like it. So, who you got in the finals? Well, my my, my picks As of today, because this is going to change. <laughs> my picks are messed up. If I got if I got to go with a matchup that I, that I feel confident on, I would say the, um, the Bucks for sure. And let's just throw in the Suns, just because Vegas says they're going to be there. Yeah, I'm sticking with my original. Clippers, Bucks. I think the Suns need Devin Booker back. If they don't get him back 100% healthy, they're going to have a tough time. There's too many teams this year in the West to go through. And I still think Paul George, Kawhi, playoffs, defense, they can stop. They can slow down that Phoenix team in the Milwaukee Bucks. And they got, your, they got your boy Brody, man. That's that's a difference maker now. <laughs> he is my uh, guy. Come on. Westbrook plays so hard, man. I'm so happy he's with the Clippers. I'm rooting hard for the Clippers. And then you've got Giannis. I mean, come on, man. Giannis, he's he's great. How can't you root for the dude? All right. All right so let's talk about something I, I know you've been dying Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Time what? out. League MVP. Give me one real quick. Bro, it's not on the it is oh. too. You put it on there. No, no, no. What's the league MVP is, is still my, my original pick. And I'm pretty sure you're gonna go with your original pick. I pick Luca and you pick Jason Tatum. Is are you still keeping Tatum? No, right now it's gotta change. How 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 could it how could it not be Jokic? 
He's he's averaging a triple double, bro. The he's answer averaging. is always Jokic, but I'm going with my picks. I still think Luka got a chance, man. He's, the second half of the season about to be fire. I mean, bro. listen, it's I'm, Jokic. I still want Tatum, but it, it, if we're being objective and not subjective, it's Jokic. Yeah, you mean if we're not triple being a certain double. hater, it's Matt and B won't win for the third year It's a year triple in a row. double. He's yeah. a triple walking triple double. All right, cool. So you got Jokic, I got Luka, but I really got Jokic because that's my guy. And I got because <sighs> I want him to win because I exactly. It. So let's talk about your favorite sporting event. I feel like you watched this. Did you do anything else this weekend besides what a weekend? Oh, what a weekend, man! So this dude. So for y'all who don't know, this dude got press box passes to go to the XFL game in DC. So he's was not know, press box blowing up our group chat with all these these luxury skybox box. photos and stuff like that. Like we get it. Second bro, you know, row from the back. Second we, we row know from, we get it. You know back. rich people in the dmv area but um just just overall thoughts like how did you feel about the xfl i'm i'm hearing really positive reviews and i know you've loved the xfl like the entire time but how did you feel about it watching it live listen xfl 3.0 sign me up i was considering season tickets man if i had the time like listen they do some things that so what you're I, saying is you got the money though nah these, these are cheap nah so you just so, told them stuff i knew you had money I said, well, time and money, I don't have either. So there's a couple things they do that I like that the NFL or maybe college football should think about, JT. The kickoff, that's a great setup, right, to avoid major injuries. The onside rule is great. That's going to keep teams and fans excited till the end. They've got a running clock, which I think the NFL doesn't need to do, but college football needs to do. No one Listen, we love college football, but you can't be at the stadium four and a half hours. Like people got things to do and they want to get back to the tailgate. But that's such a thing- Miami Hurricane fan answer is like, I don't want to be at the stadium for four hours watching us get our ass kicked. <laughs> if we're winning, if we're winning national titles, yeah, you know, six hour game doesn't matter. The thing I think the NFL could consider is the one, two, three point conversion. I like how if you're down 18 points, it's a two possession game. And that's going to keep fans involved in it. So they do a lot of things that I like, right? And then you look at what the XFL is doing. How can't you like The Rock? Always brings intensity, such good energy. And I went to the D.C. Defenders game. I'm not denying it. Mike Regina, our guy, right? He agrees with you, JT. Such a Miami comment. Hey, what can we say? We're Hurricane Bro, fans. Because it's true. Have you ever been to a game? In 120 degree heat and watch your team lose by 50. And it's not even three o'clock. It wasn't yet. 50. It was like 56, 60. What what was how many points? We got shut out by Clemson that year. Al Golden's last game. It was like 63 nothing. I, that's that's the game I was gonna bring up. That is that is probably the worst sporting event I've ever been to. It had nothing to do with the game. It was because we were losing, but it was just so hot. Everyone was drunk, and you could it, everything smelled bad. Like that's every I don't September. Be, hurricane game though no nah, i was like look i mean i'm not i'm not trying to be here another another hour is terrible <laughs> running clock please um listen going to the dc defenders game it was great listen it was like jt the best way to describe it was it was like a european soccer game bro you it just was, be so happy to get out the house <laughs> it was it was it was crazy there it was unbelievable i i don't think all the fans acted properly I, I thought there were some things that they should not have done, like throw things on the field. That that was really that was the whole lemon thing. Yeah, the lemons. They were even throwing beer bottles. That that's unacceptable. Uh, I mean, a lemon's better than a snowball. 
it's when when you're chucking it though, man, that can hurt. And they had beer bottles being thrown like that. That was uncalled for. But the energy in the stadium was good. That's, and that you, sounds soccer like to me. <laughs> and you look exactly. And you look at some of the other games. They had the wave going on. Like XFL has a different vibe. And listen, sign me up for more football. NFL season over. Give me XFL. We're going on to the USFL. But XFL is different than USFL. This is what I like about the XFL over the USFL. And I understand why the USFL did it, where they had one location and now they're going to regions. But for now, XFL has home games. That's how you really draw the fans. That's how you pull at their loyalty, pull at their emotions is having home games. And listen, I'm all in. The Rock, sign, sign me up. You probably gonna hate me for this. Uh, it was all right. I mean, oh, come on, you're such a hater. I'm not. You're I'm such not. It, it Josh was, it was Allen right. hater. But, but part of the reason hater. why I was watching is because this the NBA All Star Weekend was so bad. <laughs> I'm like, mm, do I really want to go back to TNT? All right, I'll stay on ESPN a little bit longer. Uh, it was okay. It was about what I expected. I, I know it's not the NFL, but I will say this: the one thing that the XFL has to capitalize on i agree with you about you know the home team stuff and you know getting the home fan base that's really how you build an audience but another thing is i think the problem with the with these startup leagues in the past is people just don't know the players and i think part of that is you know access to information but there's so many guys that people love in college now that don't make it to the nfl like we still know who they are because of the social media it's like we know who ben denucci is because he was garbage with the Cowboys, but it's like, oh, let me see this guy play. Even if this, even if it's to see he's still bad. Like Paston Lynch, like we remember him. First guy to get benched in every single football league on the planet. But it's like, part of me wants to see, like, is he still this bad, or can he actually play? So I think it's like the, it's like that movie, The Replacements. Like I, I want to see some of these. I know the I know the the level of play isn't that good, but some of these guys I want to see. Like I want to see some of my UM guys that don't make it to the league. I'm like, all right, cool, like. Can y'all still play? But y'all get y'all get Joseph Yearby on a team. Like I might watch the game just because I want to see some of these college guys still play. So I think they have to really like hone in on that. Like get guys that people know from college and they're still kind of like, you know, they believe in. And I think that will get people, the casual fan, to watch even more. Shout out DC Defenders. Hey, send us some gear. We'll wear it. And shout out to our guy talking about it, De'Ara King. He is. One of the quarterbacks on the roster, and that's why, playing, and that's why I watched because Derrick yeah. was their best running back. Yeah, my, he should. They should have kept. They should have kept him on. Mike Mike Powers, our guy. Thanks for for watching. <laughs> was that a shot at Philly Snowball? I don't know. You got to talk to JT on that. Nah, the Snowball the was a shot. <laughs> yeah, like he said, it was all right. Like I feel like people are scared to say the XFL was not great. Like it's okay. Like listen, nobody's gonna jump all over you for listen, it. Listen, the 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 actual performances. And the quality of play, let's face it. No, it's not the NFL. It's not even Power 5. Work. What the hell are you talking about? I, what, am I, what am I watching the game for? The product and the level of play and the quality. So but, you're like, that's, that's, but, that's, you're, that's but like, it's oh, not trash like, either. Don't, it's don't, not trash don't, either. Don't look at how they play. Just don't look at any of that. Don't look at how they play. I didn't the say that. Just, just close your eyes and, and just look at the You just love making like, things that's what up. Made I can't. Great. I can't even finish my right statement. Now? I can't even finish my statement because you're so ridiculous. rude. Let me finish my statement. It's not Power Five worthy. It's not NFL worthy. But we knew that. If you thought it was going to be like that, then you're unrealistic. All right. I this isn't trash. I get it. 
this isn't trash. You got good coaches. You got Stoops in there. You got Wade Phillips, NFL. Coach. Bro, they had Greg Williams. June they had Jones. Greg Williams. And Greg Williams. That's that's what that's what I know. That's what I know. Shit was going to get real. I bro, that on the defense. Sideline. He was not playing. Is, that defense is legit. That defense, that defense is legit. That defense had Ben DiNucci thinking he was playing against the Eagles again. He, he was seeing ghosts. Oh, man. Seeing uh, ghosts. I just think XFL just has to be as, as entertaining as college football, and I think they'll be fine. It's getting there. Go to a game. Go to, go to your Orlando Guardians. We'll go to one together. I'll come down, stay in a mansion. We'll, we'll bro, go together. Bro, you planning all this stuff so, while you got time, man. I'm not listening to you. Next. That's right. I don't got time or money. Maybe you can foot my airplane bill. So – Last Friday, the Washington Commanders hired Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator. By the way, not everyone's impressed of Bieniemy, but I'll get to that in a little bit, JT. I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. But was it the right move for Bieniemy to go to Washington? Nah, man. We just talked about this. Like, it's not even a lateral move, even though he's taking the same job. Like, I don't understand on what planet do you think leaving the best quarterback in the league, the best coach in the league, and the best situation in the league to go to the Washington Commanders to coach a quarterback that has one career start, a team that has a terrible owner, and a coach that's probably going to be fired. So that means your ass is going to go with him if things don't work out. And everything is on you in Washington, and it's not even a fair a fair shake. I don't know if he's chasing money. I don't know if Andy Reid was like, look, you got to get it on your own, man. Like I don't know what possessed him to take this move. But no, I don't like it. And I feel as if he they kind of forced him to take this move because I think if we if we had a behind the scenes camera or if Andy Reid was hooked up to a lot of tech tests, he would tell us that Airbnb had to take this job because nobody's gonna give him any credit as long as he's coaching under me. As unfair as that is, that is the rules in the world that we live in. And he was forced to take this job. So now it's like, uh, we don't believe we don't believe you're responsible for everything. So go show us that you can make something happen in one of the shittiest situations in the NFL. So all around bad move by him, but he probably didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, JT, what what other, what other options were there? What did you want the guy to do? Stay. What did the rest of the NFL well, want? Sam Smith says stay okay. with me. So he stays. That's what he could have done. He stays, right? He stays. I'm. This is what I'm believing now. Andy Reid is the next Tom Brady. He's going until he can't go, until he physically cannot be on the field. That's that's what he, Andy Reid made it clear. I'm nowhere near retiring, all right? And, you know, I respect what you say. I respect the comment by Mike Regina, but it doesn't mean it's going to end. It's not going to end well. Like, it, this could end well because he had no other option. Not only is he betting on himself, but this is the other thing. He was never going to get credit in Kansas City. They were going to bypass him once Andy Reid retired, if he ever retires, while Biennemi can still coach. Right. And then why should he have had to do it somewhere else? That's what irks me the most. He shouldn't have had to. And I had this long conversation with, <laughs> with one of our listeners. Hey, man, you, you say I'm out of pocket. <laughs> Mike Regina. <laughs> well, both of you guys are. That's not right. That's not right. But, you know, he shouldn't have had to prove it somewhere else. But guess what, JT? Unfortunately, that's the position he's in, which is unfortunate because he should have been hired already, at least have been offered a position. And that leads me to believe he was never going to get credit. So he could have stayed there forever, right? And keep winning titles, win again. And they're going to always keep giving the credit to Reed and Mahomes, never to him. So he said, you know what? I'm out. And this is why it's a good move. 
The team's being sold, so the ownership is going to be better. It's in a city that the pressure's not there anymore. This is huge news in Washington because they haven't won anything in 30 years. And when you look at the weapons outside of quarterback, and, and my guy Scott appreciated, as always, great comment by him, right? If he makes how good he's got his head coaching job, that is true. Hey, man. I know man, JT I, I, believes I just, just want to say this to Scott. Howell is already good. Y'all just don't know it yet. He is already good. The thing is, he doesn't have the QBs in Kansas City, but when you look at the weapons outside of Kelsey, these are better weapons. McLaurin, Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and then you've got in the backfield, B-Rob, Gibson, McKissick, right? McKissick, like my guy, Jarek McKinnon, like all of this lines up great. So I think the weapons are there. I think he's going to be fine. He didn't have to bet on himself, shouldn't have had to. Oh, yeah, he did. But, he did have but to bet he on did. Himself. No, what I'm saying is he shouldn't have had to do this. He should have had oh, a position yeah. already. I agree. He should, he should have, of, of course he shouldn't have to have bet on himself right. because imagine imagine the time, if I would have told you that Andy Reid had an offensive coordinator who has turned his quarterback into the top quarterback in the game, they just won a Super Bowl, they've gone to how many straight home AFC championship appearances, and five. Five and the guy and the guy's an MVP. Like you couldn't keep teams away from trying to hire this dude. Like they, like so many teams would have tampering fines just because everybody would be trying to blow up his line. Like if Eric Bieniemy was white, they'd be hiding in his closet in his hotel room trying to get the chance to sign him. But they just don't look at it that way. I know. And so he's got to do this on his own. JT, if he stays in Kansas City, you just said it. Five tight, five ABC championship appearances in a row at home two Super Bowls, it wasn't getting them anywhere. What did you want him to do? Keep doing what he's doing for someone else when he's not getting any of the credit? Forget that. He's like, forget that. Kansas City didn't even want to bring him back. Like, I, think, he, I think Andy Reid kept it real with him. He's like, you know you're never going to get credit here. Like, go somewhere so where, that's why where you're going to be the show. Specific, but that's not on Andy Reid, though. But, no, it's not. But specific to D.C., it's a good move. Again, not a lot of pressure, new ownership. And this is the thing I'm telling you. This offense is better than what people give credit for. They just need to figure out that quarterback situation. But listen, maybe you're right. Maybe Sam Howe oh, is better than what that. people – maybe maybe he's better than what people think. I'll, I'll the enemy is going to be able to, to get that talent out of him. I'll know Sam Howell is good if my inbox is blown up with trade offers from you. As, as soon as that happens, I know the dude has made it. Before before we move on from the enemy, I want to – What's your I'm, team I'm name? declining what's that your, shit right now. Team before we move on for Benny, I got a legit question because I hadn't thought about this because I feel like we've seen this coming. The the OC has been like the holy grail for like the the breeding ground to be the next head coach. And I feel like it's kind of transitioned to like now it's the quarterback's coach. Like yep. you look around the league, it's like, Absolutely. all right, who's the quarterback's coach? That's yep. going to be the next guy that everybody's going to be promoting and looking at. And I looked at around the league and I, there's five black quarterback coaches right now. Like I was shocked that there was that many, but I look at the teams that they're the quarterback coaches for. All of them are quarterback coaches for teams that have no quarterback, except for um, I think T T Martin just got hired as the quarterback coach for Baltimore. But we don't even know if Lamar is going to be there. So hopefully that's a trend that will continue. But my question is, how much of the enemy situation is that we we touched on this so much? You know, it's 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 race related. Do you also think there is a small part of it that people don't don't look at him that way or give him the credit because 
they kind of still think of him as, oh, like he started as a running backs coach. Because I feel like running backs coaches, they kind of always get overlooked when it comes to like promotion. Like they they very rarely go to OC and be, when you don't take that path, you don't get the head coach either. I, I don't think so. I don't think so much. I think it goes back to what I said last episode on that. I agree with I agree with you. I think we're both in the same the same wheelhouse as why. But I just like when I think of Eric Bieniemy and I brought that up, I can't help but think of Deuce Staley. Like how many times was Deuce Staley like, oh, like the, the offense is doing well, like he's supposed to be the next head coach or something? It's just like I don't even know where he is right now. Like, but, but he was never in the same spot. But he wasn't given that opportunity as an OC, right? No, but he was always hyped up as like he was a hire. Like they were yeah. interviewing him like a head coach, like without him going to a coordinator position, it's like he never got like the natural progression. And I think the quarterback coach is what people look at. And I think when you coach something else on offense, like I think a special teams coach has a better chance of getting promoted than a running backs coach, which I don't think is fair. Yeah, it just seems like tight ends coach, running backs coach, they never really get that opportunity as much as an O-line coach or a quarterback coach. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, real, we, real, real quick, what do you think about LaShawn McCoy's comments? He said regarding the enemy, what's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? Man, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all. When the plays are designed, that's Andy Reid. He then doubled down, said, when you talk about offensive coordinators, I can tell you, what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very good coordinator? I can tell you about Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, but Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? That's just proving what I just said. It's because they don't think that he has anything positive to bring to the quarterback position. Like it's because they think of him as, of him as a running back coach. Like Lashawn McCoy's a running back, and they hated him. So so he's so he's definitely he wasn't, wasn't talking playing. about shit. He wasn't playing, man. Yeah, he I was, told you that. But we talked about it before. Shady was salty because his old ass wasn't wasn't being treated like a star. Like if you was the Shady in Philly, he he might have told you to tuck the ball in a little bit and over nicely. But that just proves the point. What he's basically saying is, oh, he's not responsible for the engine that makes this team go, which is Mahomes, the quarterback, the passing. Which I don't think is fair. Like if I'm the offensive coordinator. Whether I'm whether you think I'm responsible for something or not, you better give me some respect because y'all gave the same respect to Matt Nagy and he couldn't coach for shit. And guess where he is right now? He's a quarterback coach. So he'll be back at back some with point. the Chiefs. Exactly. So it's I think it's I think part of it is that like they look at running back coaches as like, oh, you're just a rah-rah guy. Like we don't really think that you're intellectual enough to call plays, but I think it's messed up. Like Airbnb is the OC that Andy Reid picked. Right. Like you think Andy Reid would pick somebody that he doesn't think knows how to take over a football game? Like, Andy Reid ain't that type of guy. Like, BNME has proven that he deserves a shot to show you that he's not good. I, I told you last week, in that Super Bowl leading up to it, it was BNME, according to Chad Henney, that said, hey, he watched film, meaning BNME, against – Eagles against the Jaguars saw their their defense man coverage at the goal line saw what Jacksonville did to get guys open and it was his play it was his play oh I know I so, know I know this I know this is your uh, your burner account I don't worry we'll, we'll get to that he'll make sure we don't miss it hey everyone wants to see that that segment let's go right, next, so, so next let's, topic let's, hurry let's up go, let's go through this real quick Jalen Hurts <laughs> everybody's saying he's gonna get the bag pay the I, man I mean, pay the deserved- man he deserves some sort of bag. Pay the man. They, the numbers they're talking about are kind of astronomical. Blank check. 
Blank 50, check. 55 million plus a year. Blank is the check. number that they're throwing around. Does he is Jalen Hurts worth that much money? Does he want 60? Dolphins are looking for a quarterback. Listen, 50, what'd you say? 55? What'd you say? At least 55 At least. million a year. Yeah, give it to him. Listen, he took you to the Super Bowl. You have your team in place. You've got the thing is, I told you this before the locker room is so important you need to know those guys need to know this is the nfl this isn't youth football anymore where it's like well who's the guy no if you're saying this is the guy all right then you need to show the team these professional these grown men that it is jalen hurts's team and it's only his team all right so it'll help the locker room and then also they talk about the cap let me tell you something. It would take up about 25% of the cap if he gets about $55 million. But JT, the cap keeps going up. Then it's going to be 20%. And that 20%, he's a bargain. Like, you look at the teams. I wish I would have the full list of it. I don't know if I can pull it up real quick. But you look at the teams that the quarterback takes up the highest percentage of the cap. It's like eight of those 10 teams are in the playoffs. It's like Arizona wasn't. And I forget someone else. Broncos got to be up there. Right? <laughs> Like it, it was unbelievable. Like you look, it's it's Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, Minnesota, the Colts, Tampa, Green Bay, Detroit. All of those teams outside of Cleveland were either in the playoffs or one game away. Detroit, Green Bay, and I should say the Colts too, right? Colts and no, Cleveland. They were never they were yeah. never one game away, the, the, game away the from Colts anything. in Cleveland. The Colts in Cleveland are the only two of those ten teams that were not in it at all. Every other team was one game away or in the playoffs. 80 you have an 80% chance if you have a top 10 quarterback as far as cap percentage that you're going to be in 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 the game. So take that shot. You've got your guy. You know how hard it is to find that quarterback? Like Washington let Cousins go and guess what? 5 6 years later, they're still looking. They're still looking. So yeah, I, yeah, he's you, you can't just money. let this guy walk. Give him the money. Don't let it be a Lamar situation. Give him the money. Fix the team around him per the cap. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Lamar. I look at this like the Dak Prescott situation. Or you that. know he's your you he you know he's your guy. Yeah. Get him under contract so that you eat you eat the cost now and it becomes cheaper and cheaper. Like yeah. he's proved. Like what more does he have to prove? You took him in the second round. Look what he did. He came in. When there was already a franchise guy, you had invested in Carson Wentz. Didn't let the noise bother him. Took the took over the team. Took over the locker room. And you said it. You said it before. Like Philadelphia is one of them places where, like, hey, you either in or you out of that group. So, like, once you find a guy that that city says, all right, cool, we claim him. You got to pay that man. Like Philadelphia fans claiming you is worth at least like thirty percent of your contract right there because they have to like you because if they don't. Your, your time of the job is going to be hell. So he's already shown. Increase. Yeah, he's already shown that he's for the city, like man of the people in Philly. And he just took you to a Super Bowl where he didn't look like a fish out of water. Like they, they should have won that game. Like he played well enough that we're considering giving the MVP to the losing team. Like, you just don't let this guy go. And Howie Roseman, like we give him credit, but of course y'all got to keep him. You put your reputation on the line by moving up to get this guy in the second round in the draft. Like, you're just going to let that man go after you've developed everybody and everybody's calling you a genius? Man, y'all better pay this man before this get out of control. And listen, you've got who? Howie Roseman, 
in the front office. You got a solid ownership. They have figured out how to make things work, like how to work around the cap. If this was a team JT that you were like, eh, I don't know about that front office. Like they've made bad moves. They've ruined the cap. And yeah, Philly, they've had Philly's this probably guys, the top like, five well-run team in the league. They've yeah. been that way for like a decade, like because he'll of Howie. Yeah. He'll figure out a way. Okay. I've got 75% of the cap left. I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah man. And, and to, to make matters worse, man, like imagine letting, letting this situation be dragged out by a contract. Like they chose you over Carson Wentz. Like, you know, how hard that was for them to admit that was a failure. Like they gave Carson Wentz every opportunity to be the guy. They extended him too early. They drafted him too early. Like they let him hang around too long. Like another guy won a Super Bowl. And they still brought Carson Wentz back. You know how hard it was for them to admit that was a sunk cost and draft you? Yeah, they, uh, they're not going to mess around with this. All right, so get it, can we get to the segment everybody's been waiting for? The rebrand. Ah, you made a, you made a card for it. And he spelled hey, look, it right. Man, Listen, look, man. man. Look, you, 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 can't, you can't say I'm being insensitive. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you do your thing. I appreciate it. Listen, and you spelled it right. Yo, you're getting that Italian-American slang down. And I'm still on not point. getting no food. I'm on still point. waiting on the frittata, and you're not trying to hook it up, man. Listen, you got to come to Pittsburgh for that. Get I got go, to try to Pittsburgh to get meal. some food. Uh, the good Italian homemade meal. Yeah, you want me to come down and cook you Italian? I, I can't No, nah, I don't want you to cook it for me. I want you to suggest where I could go get some that's but, edible. Uh, in Orlando? I don't know. I don't know. That's your hometown. I don't know in Orlando. The hell, I do about Italian food. I got a spot in D.C., but you got to come up. Pay your own plane ticket. All right, so forget about it or forgazy. The way it works is going to read a statement. If you agree with it and it's a good take, a hot take, you say, forget about it. Just like Johnny Depp did in Donnie Brasco. I got to still send you that clip so you know the differences. Or if you say forgazy, all right, then... That means, nah, you're not agreeing with the statement, all right? So, first one, ready, JT? The NBA All-Star Game is the worst sporting event in the world. Forget about it. Absolute trash. It's just basically a glorified layup line. Next. Ah, that's a fugazi. How, how you've got some of the greatest athletes in the world going at it head-to-head. It's an offensive showcase. You are not appreciating the beauty of their skills and what they can do. I, I, I could tell you, I could tell you didn't watch this game. You were definitely at the XFL game. This was worse was. than usual. <laughs> like they weren't <laughs> even playing defense. Like it, it was bad. It's like, all this, about this the last the two minutes. All-star game of all time. Listen, the pro bowl outside of this year, because I enjoyed that flag football event, the pro bowl games, the past 10, 15 years, that was the worst event. Come on. No tackling. They, they didn't need yeah, to be doing that. It's clear. You didn't watch this one. All right, next. Marshawn Lynch being fined $1.2 million over the course of his career for not talking to the media is what's wrong with the NFL. But get about yeah, it. That, that's a fugazi, too. Come on, man. That was an accumulation, JT. That's not one big fine. That was an accumulation. You know why? Because he didn't do his job. Part of his job and part of being in the NFL, you got to show up once a week for your media requirement. I don't care what anyone says outside of that. That is what makes the league go. He can be upset with the media, but that's what people like you and I, especially you, you take these little clips of what guys say, and now all of a sudden there's all this drama. Oh, that that, what would now. we talk about? <laughs> what would we talk hey, about? Hey, you see but, how it is? It's, 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 me. it's me for the purpose of blaming, but when the shit is successful, he's like, oh, that's us, that's us. But in all, honest, 
in all honesty, it's part of being an athlete. I'm sorry, especially nowadays with social media and how much these guys are getting paid. A lot of that was because of the media. They made these guys either personable or guys or people could relate. Fans could relate and now visually see them. And that's how they get their commercials. And anyway, someone brought up a good point. I, I forget who it was today. was talking to them about this and they said, but guess what? His commercials. His commercials, the, what, what did he do? Doritos that one time for the That's Super Bowl? He did a bunch of them. Yeah, Doritos yeah, was one of them. He he made that $1.2 million up and way more because of that. So he should be thanking the NFL in a way for those fines. I want to say this is forget about it because you're yeah. right. They do they do have obligations. But I think not necessarily for this. Part of this is for Marshawn Lynch. But part of this is I don't think people take into account sometimes the mental stress that people aren't comfortable being personalized like that in front of the camera. Like it's gotta be a situation where they feel comfortable. And like after a game, like they're shoving a camera in your face. Everybody's not cool with that situation. Ricky Williams is a prime example. And I feel like nobody cared about that. They only cared when we started talking about him smoking weed, but nobody cared that this man was telling you that this was uncomfortable for him rather than the NFL saying, okay, let's find a way to make Ricky comfortable while getting, you know, the media qualifications, you know, satisfied, but also to guys like Marshawn Lynch, some dudes just don't feel comfortable talking the way that you want them to talk. Like, I'm pretty sure if you let Marshawn Lynch, you know, do his thing, he would be all over the media. Cameron would come talk to me, but he knows, like, I got to be somebody I'm not. Now, whether that's the requirement of the job is a different thing, but I'm just saying forcing somebody to talk to the media without it being a two-way street and considering, like, the totality of the situation, I think I do think that's what's wrong with the NFL. Like, they try to put everyone in this box as, like, like, we know how Marshawn Lynch is. So, like, how Marshawn Lynch is now, how come it wasn't okay for him to just be himself in the NFL that way? And I feel like that's part of the reason why he probably didn't want to do some of those interviews. It's like, I got to be all buttoned up and be Hollywood. But when I'm not in the game, I can do all this crazy stuff. Like, they got him cussing on Amazon Prime Thursday night games. Like, he could have did the same thing in the locker room. And it would have been just as entertaining. He would have got just as many endorsement deals. But I think the NFL just needs to realize everybody ain't the same. And we're going to take them how they come to the league. But keep keep that comment up by Mike Regina because that's great, right? Couple things, and I agree with you, JT. If there was some sort of you know issue that he had in terms of being in front of the cameras, and remember, this wasn't after the game stuff. This was during the week when they're required to be available. You know, at one no, no, it, it was accumulation. It was after game stuff too because he's talked about where like but, they were looking for him after the game and he was already. Gone. I understand, but it's also during the week, and those are different scenarios but going back to what you said i can appreciate if someone's not comfortable or it does create anxiety but was that ever explained to the nfl and if they didn't understand that then that is on the nfl i will give you well, that. the real question but, is do you think the nfl would care but that's Ricky what Williams I'm saying. clearly wasn't comfortable the man but, was doing, doing interviews with his helmet on like but that's, clearly and nobody nobody even cared everybody was just like oh he's weird nobody even cared but that's what i'm saying that Marshawn came after Ricky Williams. So if they're still not understanding that, then that is on the NFL. But I would agree with what Mike Regina says. He loves the camera at the end of the day. We know this, right? He's on paid in places. He's on commercials. This was on what? I am athlete he's that he doing, said but that. He, but he's doing things his way. Like NFL is okay. different when you're in the league. And, and that is different than what you said about that the That is anxiety. exactly what I said. No, no, like, no, no. no. You, allow you him to be up, himself. No, no, no. You brought no, we, up. We, we, and, we take it too long of this. You, because. You you brought up a great point. 
That is different. And guess than... what? We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about it on the next show. We'll make it a topic. You got to go to the next See, one. You knew you I was it... winning this. No, nah, that's you're fine. Too long. That's you're fine. Too long. No, that's fine. I, I won. We'll chalk that up ooh, as a ooh. victory. Jonathan Gannon, new head coach of the Cardinals, taking less money from the Cardinals than the Eagles would have paid him to remain defensive coordinator was a self-owned. Oh, that's what Yazzie. Because <laughs> Airbnb be just showed what happens. You got a chance to get out of the house, you take it. Like, he might never get a chance to be a head coach again. Like, you cannot take that opportunity for granted. And it sucks sometimes when you have to go someplace where it's not great. But let's be real. Like, it's hard enough to get a head coaching job in the NFL. And it's even harder to get a head coaching job as a defensive guy. Like, you got to take those opportunities. And the fact that he ended up in Arizona with as good as his resume was in Philly lets you know the, the going rate for where they're trying to place defensive guys. Because he went to Arizona where their quarterback has no knee and nobody else wanted to go there. All the offensive guys passed over that. And the other defensive guy who you love went to Houston where they have no quarterback and all the offensive guys they were looking for a head coaching job passed over that. So he is self-aware that, look, I got to get in where I fit in. So, yeah. Fugazi. Is it self-owned by who? Who did you mean here? Because I know you wrote this one. You're talking about Jonathan Gannon or the Cardinals? Yeah. No, Gannon. I, yeah, Gannon. No, that's 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 a Fugazi because when you got a head coaching possibility, you take it. But the other, especially when you got a franchise quarterback there who's on a long-term deal now. But the Cardinals, this was a self-owned by the Cardinals. That's a forget about it because they got outbid by the Eagles. That, that, that just that is such an Arizona Cardinals franchise move that they paid their head coach less than what he would have made as the Philly uh, DC. I mean, that sounds like a that sounds like a deal to me. Like, nah, you, you paying him less? That's a cell phone. That's why you the Cardinals. You're gonna pay. You're gonna get what you pay for. All right, next one. Bryce Young is too small to be a franchise quarterback. Fugazi. Come on. I thought we'd been over this. Kyler Murray has made it. Russell Wilson has made it. Doug Flutie has made it. Drew Brees has made it. Do we still got to keep talking about this? It's Fugazi, but I, I think you're wrong about that because he's smaller than those guys. Like you look at him, well, he's like 5'10", 185 but, but this is pounds. the thing. He's good, too. He's a good quarterback. He's good. He's good. He's I agree. an electric arm. Like he'll be fine. I think it's Fugazi because of this. If he can play. He'll be fine. Like, they'll make it work. Like, talent will always win out in the yeah. NFL. But I do understand the concern because if you look at guys that play quarterback that are both under 6'1 and under 200 pounds, like, there's only nine guys who have ever done that. Jeff Garcia, Rattay, Bad Lewis, Doug Flutie, Tyler Huntley, Kellen Moore, John Wolford, and Ty and Coy Detmer. That's it. 177 games we played between all those guys. Like, it's not a big sample size of guys – playing quarterback in the NFL, much less being successful, that are have the same dimensions as Bryce Young. So I understand what the concern is. But like I said, if you can play, that goes a long way. And I think he can play. He reminds me of like a Deshaun Watson type. I just think he gets it. He can make plays. And I know he's really small, but he'll he has the talent to figure it out. So I, I'm not really worried about it. The Miami Heat not inviting D-Way to be a part of the ownership is a black eye. Oh, I think this is uh, – forget about it. And I it, This just might be the Heat fan in me, but I just don't understand. It'd be one thing if D-Way just wasn't in ownership anywhere, but he's in Utah. He's doing really well with that group. He's the best player you've ever had. Like, 
those don't come around often where it's like best player you ever had, lock hall of famer. Like he's got NBA cachet. Like people love him. And like, you didn't even invite him. Like he's supposed to be a lifelong guy. And that kind of makes me look at the Miami Heat organization, organization sideways. And I'm like, why would you not invite D Wade? Like who else is going to get that invite in the future? Like if D Wade can't get the ownership invite, like there's nobody else in that list. Like, LeBron, but he didn't play there long enough. Like, he wasn't a Miami Heat guy. Like, he was just a rental. Like, D-Wade is Miami Heat basketball. So, that I think it doesn't look like one now, but it's going to be a black guy down the road. Man, you know, you claim you're, you're a Miami Heat fan, Miami, you know, Miami Heat lifer, this and that. JT, it, it, Scott, you, you got to put that one up by Scott. That that's That's messed up, Scott. That's messed up. Come on, man. Come on. But you say you're like a Miami Heat lifer, but when it was announced that D Wade, all right, became part owner of the Jazz, Arison, the owner, Arison, the owner of the Heat, came out congratulating him, but also made a statement saying we had discussed having him join our ownership group after his retirement, but he was not prepared to commit at the time. Of course, I am disappointed that he didn't reconsider so this is fugazi they offered they discussed it he went the other way he turned their back on his own team his franchise so you got pick d wade or the heat jt you going with d. i don't know wade or the heat? it sounds like he maybe turned Mickey his wasn't back making on a sweeter your team. deal that jazz made man come on it's d wade though nah, like nah. Nah, it, we, we, they should have had that already in place the fact nah. that he said that tells me Maybe they came to him Fugazi. with Gazy. You buying into it? You buying into it for Gazy? Nah. All right. I, I'm really interested to see what you think about this one, real quick. LeBron James has ruined the dunk contest for Gazy. Come on. Why is everything always got to fall on me? This is what I don't like, right? This is what I don't like. Everything got to fall on LeBron, but then as soon as he speaks up for something, people bash him for speaking up. Why you got to talk about everything? The guy can't win. So it's Fugazi. What about Kevin Durant? I don't see Kevin Durant. You see Giannis in it? I don't see Giannis in it. Enough. You shouldn't even answer that. If if you don't say Fugazi, I'm I'm shutting the, the program down. Yes, the correct answer is Fugazi, but thank you. What ruined the dunk contest is social media. Exactly what I've been saying. We have too much access to 24-hour dunks, and most of them aren't even by NBA players. And the and the funny part is the guys that ain't in the NBA look just as good as the guys that are in the NBA doing the dunks. It's this dunk overload. It has nothing to do with LeBron James. Is that a good enough answer for you? I, That's I know good. you about hey, to go you off on a little, Fugazi, little handle. You, you, you had me at Fugazi. Last one. Draymond Green is delusional saying LeBron was the only player at the All-Star game that has a resume on his level. Let's forget about it. I know we don't like Draymond. We think he got a big mouth. <laughs> but let's be real. He right. Four-time whoa, All-Star. Whoa, no, 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 no. Then, then it's Fugazi because oh, for, the statement is he's delusional. for saying Okay, Fugazi, yes. <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> he's right. Like, Draymond's resume Compared to everybody who was in that All-Star game, four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Defensive Player, and a Defensive Player of the Year award. Like, those – and also he's one of the building blocks of a, of a dynasty that you say is the greatest of all time and is definitely in the top three. So you take that resume and tell me who played in the All-Star game that's not LeBron James that has that resume on paper. 
and then I'll I'll just shut my mouth. But there's nobody. So Draymond Green was right. All right, listen. That is, that's forget about it. He is delusional. He is delusional. It's a true statement. Like he he says on his level, right? So he's saying he's not not LeBron's level, but just his level. So Giannis, Giannis played in that. He didn't play many minutes, but he played in it. Giannis Bro, got you, just as good of a resume. You know, Giannis but, but, got MVP. But I feel like I feel like you you being facetious. You know what Draymond means. Anytime Draymond no. talks shit about him's resume, he's talking about strictly the resume, not talking J- about styles. He's talking about JT. how many rings, how many okay. awards do I got? What what does Draymond have? He has five, four rings, two with KD. He has Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all uh, time. Dray- Giannis has one. How many MVPs? How many MVPs Draymond got? Yeah, ask ask Giannis. He'll bring over his his MVP trophy. And then you look. I mean, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving got a ring. I'm pretty sure. Jokic back to back MVP. What what's it always about the ring? Why is it always about the NBA title? If we're talking resume, you got to look at the whole resume. Draymond can't score. He can't score compared to these guys. I mean, come on, that is ridiculous. That is such a forget about it. I mean, he's just trying to get publicity. Come on. Hey man, in your, in your, I, I, you know I'm not a Draymond guy, but hey man, he got he got a resume. I am a Draymond guy. I thought the Magic should have drafted him at the time. They passed him, I think, twice. Come on, man, put up the Jason Curtis stat right up. Put up, put up that quote. Put up that quote. He just if Robert Horry made an All Star game, would he have the best resume? JT, he's got rings. Yo, he's we, got we big, really big, big game, Bob. Big, big shot, Bob. Big shot, Bob. Wasn't out there changing, changing the game for the Warriors. Was he hitting threes like Steph? No, but this man was out there making big the shot Warriors. Bob. Robert Horry made yard. some of the best nah, three pointers of all y'all, time. Y'all, y'all are OD tonight, man. I, I, I'm not a Draymond fan, but he he low key was right, man. Ain't too many, ain't too many players was out there can. can you know, put a resume out there like he got right now. That's it. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, but there were others. Yes, on you his are. Level. He was like, he was like, oh, go to Giannis's house, see his trophies, go to Yoke, yes. see his trophy. It's not always about the title. I don't sound like that, but there's you do other sound guys like that. That's how you on sound his to me. level. There are other guys on his level. I'm not saying they're on LeBron's level, and I'm oh, not saying they're better than Draymond. But the resumes, I, I, they're on the table with Draymond. All right, bro. This is this is the longest, longest hot or not Fugazi. It's great. About it. That's what fans want. Come on, ah, that's what talk fans too want. Much. Any, anything else? Are you done? Nah, man. Let's let's get out of here. I'm, I'm right. done with you. All right, fine. Great. Hey, I gotta go eat. So, JT, great episode as always. JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. And remember, you can find JT and the Dawn on all of the major platforms. Please subscribe to us. And if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And please follow us on social media. Our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, always fun, man. I had to put up with you again. Got through it. And until the next episode, see you. Peace.